At Federal, we have products for every season and every pursuit. Our passionate and dedicated teams design, build, and deliver the world's best American-made ammunition, whether you're hunting, target shooting, or defending yourself and family. Our pride and hard work can be found in every box, ammo can, or bottle of ammunition. For us, it's always in season. It's federal season. Welcome to Federal and Ammunition's podcast. It's federal season. I am your guest host, Julie Golub, and it is springtime. We're going to be talking turkey this episode, and I have an amazing guest, Tyler Jordan of Realtree Road Trips and a contributor to Spring Thunder. All of what he's doing is available on Realtree365.com. Tyler, thank you for joining us. No, thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. I, I appreciate it. This is obviously my favorite time of year, like a lot of us. Just got back from Florida last week, had a great weekend down there, and actually going to Mississippi on Monday, then going back to Florida next Saturday. So just kind of that time of year. But, you know, this is the time of year that I personally live for. I love to deer hunt, love to do other things as well. But uh, turkey is by far my number one favorite. So I'm glad it's here. So first of all, you were in, in Florida, first turkey of the year. I'm assuming it was a success. Can you tell us more about it? It was. It was. I went down to Arcadia, um, hunted with an outfitter down there. He's been a good friend of mine for a few years and um, went down there with uh, Brian Brown, one of our camera guys. And it was honestly pretty, pretty short and sweet, um, which is kind of how you like it. But I was sad to turn around and make the trip back home. But uh, it went it went really good. You know, I think the thing that was kind of unusual for this time of year is usually the birds are fired up, gobbling really good. But just a week ago, they had a bad freeze, and mm. uh, and the birds were just kind of, I think it kind of put them behind their normal, they just weren't gobbling or strutting or doing a whole lot, but uh, was able to get a hen fired up, and she was with a group of about three or four hens and a long beard, and so he, it pulled him on in there, and so we were probably out there for maybe an hour and a half, and then it was over, and then we had to make the seven-hour drive back home, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's when you're, I'm just got recently married too. So oh, my congratulations. wife was not, she wasn't too upset about me coming back home, but it was, it was a successful trip and I'm looking forward to going back this weekend. That's outstanding. Uh, you know, so for most people, you know, they, they have their turkey season in their state and they're able to, you know, score however they're, they're going to, uh, whether it's one turkey or they're allowed to take several you get to do this so much because it's part of, you know, it's your career, right? Um, I am curious, do you feel more juiced at the first hunt of the year, the last hunt of the year? I mean, can you can you kind of tell us the 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 feelings that you have as you go through your season in different places? Yeah, I think, you know, the opening day anywhere like this is, you know, obviously this is the earliest season that comes in in the United States. So I'm yeah. always eager to get down there. I've been doing it for the last five or six years. It's kind of like the opening day of deer season. Uh, it's highly anticipated. And so. I, I think there's something about that getting out there for the first time, making sure you have everything almost feels like Christmas morning in a way. <laughs> um, but as you kind of go through the season, I mean, I, I love turkey hunting myself and, you know, and, and shooting. But, you know, I, I love taking my little younger brother and sister as well. I have a 13 year old little brother, 16 year old sister. So I would say for me, they're always begging me to take them. <laughs> and so whenever I'm out there with those two, or just getting a chance to hunt with my dad or yeah. hunt with somebody else. 
you know, there's something about the camaraderie out in the turkey woods that I just can't compare to anything else. Uh, you know, deer hunting is more of a an isolated sport. Yeah. And so turkey hunting is a little bit more social. Uh, and I think that's really is kind of what has drawn me to it, maybe more so than anything else. And so I, I'd say for me that the excitement never really I mean, if it, if it went, if there was turkey season during deer season, I wouldn't be a hunter. <laughs> really? Real, wow. No. No, and I think it surprises people, but uh, growing up, three or four years old, going by my dad, sitting by his side, uh, turkey hunting was always something him and I did together. And so it's just always been kind of my first love. You know, you shared a, a photo on Facebook. I think it was last month. Uh, I, I <laughs> This turkey looked bigger than you were. How old were you on your first turkey hunt? And, and in that photo, were you just hunting with your dad or did you actually take that bird? No, I did. I actually took that bird. Oh that was my gosh. first turkey. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was eight years old when I shot my first turkey. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I never, dad, you know, if I had to get out of school it was actually on a Wednesday. I, Dad remembers this really well because we had to call the teacher to tell him I was going to miss. Uh, I think I was in maybe first grade, first or first or kindergarten or first grade. Um, so that was something that I always, you know, remember is is that first hunt and getting to share that with him. And I just thought it was, I just remember the way I felt that yeah. whole morning. It's like, man, I'm finally a part of the club. You know, I've watched Dad set by him. This, you know, for for many years, watching him do it and finally get to do it myself. Um, I mean, that was an experience and, and moment I'll never forget. Yeah, a real rite of passage, I imagine. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, you know, watching watching dad and, and sitting by him for so long, it's like, man, I just want to get in the mix. You know, <laughs> I just want to be a part of it. And it was just a proud moment. It was cool. So you mentioned your siblings um, and taking them hunting. And obviously you hunted with your dad and experienced that with him. I'm a daddy's girl too. So I grew up hunting with him. What I think you really have is a unique perspective because one, you're incredibly accomplished as a hunter, but you also did so at such a young age. Um, can you kind of relate to us how that helps you be a better guide, be a better mentor, be a better teacher since you have that perspective? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I've I've watched, you know, my dad, he never pressed me to go hunting. You know, it was always something I begged him to do. And so I've kind of done the same thing. I, 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 even though I'm not a dad, you know, my dad's a, a little bit older. And so I've I've gotten to take my little brother and sister a lot more than maybe when he took me when I was younger. Mm. So just having patience, um, you know, with them and just being a better mentor to not only those two kids, but even taking people for the first time. That's something that I just love to do. I, I've taken a lot of people in the office or just friends for the first time hunting. And uh, that's something that I get more of a joy than, than shooting a turkey myself. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that you, you struck me that you said was that how social turkey hunting is. And um, it's surprising because it's such a unique situation where you're like calling a bird to you. You have to be super quiet, but you're right. There is that social aspect to it. Is, is that, can you kind of walk through how you can expect to experience uh, a hunt for the first time for those who may not have ever hunted a turkey before or know nothing about it? What can they expect? What should they, you know, think about what, sh how should they prepare? You know, I, I would say whenever I, I take somebody or, or try to explain, I know during COVID, I had a lot of my friends that were 
went to school with me in college that wanted to go turkey hunting for the first time. And so uh, a couple of them lived in Tennessee and they found some land to go hunt. They were asking me for tips. One thing that I always tell somebody that that goes, I think everybody gets real anxious and wants to call a lot. Mm. And, you know, they tend to overcall. Mm. And I think, and, and, and I'm guilty of this every spring. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I think you always want to run and gun. That's kind of the, the fun of turkey hunting is just kind of going from one spot to the next, but is to have a tremendous amount of patience. I think it just, it takes a lot of, you know, maybe doing less is sometimes more in turkey hunting, you know, not mm-hmm. calling a whole lot. Um, and that's something I've tried to really kind of preach to my younger brother and sister too. They're always wanting me to call more or do more, you know, move, move up on a, on a turkey when sometimes the best thing to do, especially mid to late season is just sit still yeah, and just kind of let things develop and play out because uh, you know, that turkey more than likely, if he knows you're there, he's coming to look for you. It's true. That's true. They they want in on the action. <laughs> so That's for right. beginners, uh, what are, what are the essentials? What do you have to have? Um, and maybe what might be nice to have that could take your, your turkey hunting game to the next level? I would say number one, you got to have a shotgun. Right. I shoot a 20, I shoot a 20 gauge. Uh, federal TSS number nines. I would say those are those are the necessities. Um, I would and then a box call if uh, maybe a slate call just for soft calling. And you know if if they wanted to try a mouth call out too, I would say that would be the necessities. Um, I would say that if if you're just getting started, maybe just start with that and then just work your way up from there. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, concealment is also a big deal with turkey hunting. I mean, they they have x-ray vision. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So what is Realtree's proven pattern right now? What's working best for you guys? So for for turkey hunting, we've had this for duck hunting as well, um, would be Realtree timber. That's that's been a really good pattern for us. It's the way dad has developed that pattern. It's got a lot of large cutouts in it it's a darker pattern than what we've normally had in the past Mm. and works really good if you're sitting up against a tree um you know it's it's one of my favorite pat it over you probably won't even like me saying this but out of all (laughs) patterns that has developed i would i would say that is my favorite i'm probably supposed to say all of them are my favorite (laughs) yeah this is one that i just turkey hunting there's been so many times where i've look back if I'm hunting with somebody and look back and I can't find them. And so timber is just kind of proven and uh, it's, it works tremendous in the Turkey woods. Yeah. Uh, so for someone who has kind of a mix backdrop for, you know, I'm in the Midwest, so we've got fields, we've got, you know, brush, we've got some hedgerows and some timber as well. Is that what you would recommend to look into? Yes, I would say, you know, timber works really good. I think it's an all-around great turkey yeah. pattern. Another one that is kind of cut up and a little bit similar, um, although it's it's slightly a little more brighter, uh, is Realtree Escape. And so that pattern, I think, works really great in the Midwest. Um, and that and that's something that I've, like Michael Waddell used that pattern a ton this past spring. Yeah. And he said he had a lot of success with it. So I would say between Realtree Escape, uh, Realtree Edge is also a great pattern, um, you know, for woods that are maybe not quite as quite as thick, a little mm-hmm. bit more open terrain. If you're sitting out in the middle of a, a field, perhaps with a decoy, or if you don't have a lot of cover for backdrop, uh, Realtree Edge and Realtree Escape would be two great patterns. That's great advice. Uh, I recently watched one of your videos on um, how to set up your turkey vest. 
which is very, very informative. And you do a lot of these uh, videos that just provide people insight and information. I mean, how rewarding is that for you to be able to use your platform, you know, to share your knowledge? Yeah, it's good. I think uh, that's kind of one of the number one questions that we get is, what all do you carry? So, you know, being able just to kind of share, uh, and sometimes it's different every every state that you go. It's not always the same. So um, it's it's good. And, you know, I, I, I enjoy sharing with people just kind of the tricks and tools that that we have. And sometimes you don't think about that. That's not the top of mind for, you know, for maybe myself. But um, if it if it's possible, it helps somebody else out. I just want to provide as much information because that, I feel like that's kind of what we we do. Although we show having a good time, it's to provide any kind of information we can or tips to help hunters out. Yeah, it's, it's invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. So speaking of that, I mean, do you have any favorite tried and true tactics when it comes to hunting the fabled gobble squatch? <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, I, one that I, I said earlier was doing less is more. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I tend to get, you know, a little anxious maybe mid season or if things just haven't gone my way is, is just being really still is getting mm-hmm. out there early and, and sometimes just not calling a whole lot. There, yeah. there've been so many turkeys that if I am able to get a response, a lot of times what I do is try to get as close as I can gauge where that Turkey is. If he gobbles on his own, that's just an extra bonus, yeah. but it's just getting set up and maybe not doing a whole lot of calling. You know, obviously every situation's different. Yeah. But I, I there were several turkeys last year that that I took um our camera guy, uh, the head producer of Realtree Road Trips did the same thing. You know, we sneak in as close as we can and sometimes we maybe would bust bust a turkey and go too far, but more often than not, I would probably say you know, 6 7 times out of 10 times trying it, the turkey ended up breaking on his own. And yeah. so that that's just something that uh, I think is, you know, I, we could always use that advice, you know, sometimes less is more yeah. went out there in the turkey woods and just kind of let things develop and come to you. I think as turkey hunters, we try to sometimes do too much. Yeah. And, um, you know, it doesn't always work out, but I, I found a lot of success with that these last couple of years. No, that's great advice. Do you have a, a favorite location? I know that's always difficult. It's it's one of those things like picking a favorite child or picking a favorite pattern, you know, kind of thing. But is there a location that you just can't wait to go hunt? So there are two. I, I would say the first one would probably be our farm in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad's, we, we've put in a lot of time and resources in, in our place, and we have a great turkey population right now. I know the turkey numbers are maybe not great overall, you know, down in our part of the country, but our, our numbers around the acres that we have here in Georgia is actually really good. And so I, I love being able to, it's just, it's the, it's the place I grew up on. So being able to spend time with, with him, my brother, my sister, uh, taking somebody else out for the first time, you know, that's, that's somewhere I always just love going to. And then another spot would probably be Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, where I go in Tennessee, it's a little bit more wide open. Mm -hmm. And so, big open fields, which is a little bit more of a challenge, but I, I like that terrain just because it's so different from Georgia. I mean, yeah. I think you really, you really have to strategize and figure out how are you going to get that Turkey that's in the middle of a field with maybe, you know, six, seven hens, maybe there are a couple gobblers 
together. There's just a lot more strategy and tactics that don't always work. It can be really frustrating, but I think it really kind of puts puts a, a true test to the hunter on seeing how they can get it done. Absolutely. So uh, are you actively working towards any slams, you know, a grand slam, world slam, that sort of stuff? Where do you stand in, in the slam world? <laughs> well, I just need the oscillated. That would be the only one. And I tried gotcha. to do it. I tried to book it this year, but was unable to do it. Ah. But everything else I have. So wow. um, I'm not trying to do it all in one season. Yeah. Uh, maybe next year, if I plan a little bit better, I can do it. But you know, we spend a lot of time down in the southeast and then on our farm in Georgia, we do a lot of entertaining this mm-hmm. time of year, um, take a lot of guests and clients uh, down on the farm. So maybe next year we can try to do it all at once. That would that would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny. We were actually neighbors once. You, you wouldn't know this, but uh, <laughs> I uh, was in the army uh, at Fort Benning, Georgia. And so I've oh, yeah. always appreciated what your family has done for the community down there and learned about, you know, everything that your dad and, and what Realtree has done. And so when you say that you like to entertain and it, it just, you know, it just rings true with everything that you've done, you know, not per- just personally and for the hunting community, but for the actual communities and, and for Georgia as well. So thank you for that. No, thank you. I didn't realize you were down, you know, Fort Benning, you may, you probably already know this. It's only five minutes from our office. Yeah. So where I'm at right now, it's only, I mean, you can be on base within five, 10 minutes. So yeah. it's really a close drive. You should have come over and said hello. Well, it was a long time ago, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's been many moons since I was, I was in the army, but uh, it was, it's just neat that, uh, and I know a lot of, of soldiers and, and the community in general were always excited to, to hear what was going on with Realtree and, and uh, seeing the company grow over the years. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, we have a lot of a lot of people from Fort Benning that come over here and have made a lot of friends that way. But, yeah. you know, we always tell them for anybody that's listening to this podcast, too, a lot of them come over and just say hello. Yeah. Um, a lot of them obviously share our common uh, interest and uh, just big outdoorsmen. So it's, uh, you know, Fort Benning, there's actually some pretty good hunting. So, yeah, for anybody listening, come see us at Realtree. Absolutely. So uh, another question for you. I have two daughters. I have a 14 year old and an eight year old. And uh, they are not shotgun shooters, so I would have to ease them into the process. But what is your advice for me as a mom um, to take my girls out hunting to make it a really great experience? So I, 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 I would like to think that I've done this with my little brother and sister. So I probably have some firsthand knowledge. And yeah. I think dad, watching dad, the way he does with them is probably probably good for me to kind of watch it for when I have kids, maybe later down the road. But, you know, I've always, uh, you know, what I would say my little brother is maybe into it a little bit more than my sister on the turkey hunting, although my sister loves it too. But it's to just, you know, take them out there. And, you know, I I spent a lot of times, many days uh, just sitting beside my dad. And, you know, dad never pressured me. He never asked me, uh, if I wanted to shoot one, you know, yeah. it was always, <clears throat> it was always, you know, if, if I wanted to do it, I would have to ask about it. Yeah. Um, and so dad has, you know, been really good with those two kids on, you know, if, if they get tired, Hey, that it's, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up for the day, yeah. you know, try again, maybe tomorrow or, or another time. But I would say just take them out there and, and make them realize too, you know, killing a turkey is just the icing on the cake. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the joy of actually getting out there is just hearing turkeys, learning more about their habits, how to get closer. And, you know, there's 
more days than not that you're unsuccessful. And, you know, just trying to teach them more about the education of, uh, of turkey hunting in general is really the joy for me. I get more of a joy out of that than pulling a trigger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and seeing their passion for it. So I would, I don't know if that technically answered your question, but that would, that would be kind of my advice is to kind of let them, you know, just go at their own pace. Yeah. More than anything. No, that's a great, that's great advice. You know, when it comes to actually um, preparing for the hunt and, uh, and training specifically, how much do you do this and how much do you take the people that you're mentoring out to the range and get them, you know, sighted in, zeroed in, prepared, that sort of thing. Because let's face it, the shotguns and turkey loads, they kick, right? And there, you know, you can develop a flinch and you add that to the nerves that <laughs> come on, come in when you see a, you know, a big Tom stroll in. Can you share more no, about we, that? Yeah, we try to do that all the time. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of the big thing is going out to the range first and, and making sure that they're comfortable, especially the TSS, the 20 gauge. I mean, it kicks yeah. a little bit. A lot of people are not used to it. And, you know, I always try to, you know, people think, oh, man, I don't need to practice. I don't need to, you know, I'll be fine. But during the heat of the moment, we all know as turkey hunters, the game changes when a live Tom comes in. Yeah. And so, you know, one of our really good friends is Kevin Harvick and, you know, NASCAR driver. And, and he's been down on the farm many times. Well, I'll, I'll never forget the first turkey uh, that came in. He was like, man, that was way more of a rush <laughs> than I ever could have imagined. He said, man, I got really nervous. But when you throw in a gun and not being experienced with it, you know, the, the more times that you can shoot, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And so we always tell people, man, you know, go, go shoot three, four, five times. How many you're comfortable with, but that you need to be, you know, very comfortable with your equipment, the ammo that you're using, um, you know, before just, you know, getting out there because it, it's a different ball game when you have a turkey at 20 yards goblin and you can feel it in your chest. I mean, <laughs> we, we all know that kind of messes up your mindset a little bit. Yeah. It's hard to stay cool. It is. It is. It's it's hard to imagine that something so small and, you know, a bird could create such a reaction. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. I mean, it, when, when you have one come in, uh, another person I took, not to name drop anybody, but I took The Undertaker from the WWE last year, and he killed his first two turkeys uh, in Alabama with me. But, you know, he was the same way. I mean, obviously a big guy, you know, has seen and done a lot in his life, but He's like, man, when that turkey came in, he said, I've never, my heart has never beat so fast. And so that, that's the joy that I get. You know, I, I stress that the more comfortable you can get with your equipment leading up to that moment, it maybe makes things a little bit less hectic and stressful. Um, you know, so being familiar with your equipment and, you know, getting out there and practicing is, I would say, very crucial in the hunt. I think it's probably the most crucial. All right, Tyler. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so much fun to chat with you. Can you give us an idea of what you're going to be up to in the spring season? And of course, where people can learn more about you, follow you, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I think I may have said it at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to Mississippi next week for the opener. Uh, opens next Tuesday. I'll be there for four or five days. Going to hunt with my buddy, Austin Riley. He's a Braves player, third baseman for the Braves. Um, so excited to go see him. And then I'm actually going to go to Florida, back to Florida, um, a different location in Mayaka, Florida. Uh, be there down there for three or four days. May try to shoot one with my bow. So <clears throat> excited about trying that again. And then Georgia is actually pushed back. Uh, so the Georgia season doesn't open until April 2nd. And I'll try to stay home for two or three weeks. We have some different guests coming in. 
try to hunt with dad. I know my little sister has already been bugging me about trying to take her for opening day. Um, so I'll try to be home. And then my wife actually is, she's been bugging me. I was waiting on her to kind of, if she ever wanted to try it, but she's actually wanting to get out and go turkey hunting. So her and I may, may go out and, and, and try that opening weekend. And, uh, then I'll, I'll try to go to Tennessee during the middle of April, go to Pennsylvania the 1st of May. And then right after Pennsylvania, I'll try to fly to Nebraska, um, and go out there, um, and then you can find, we'll be on Realtree Road Trips mainly. Phillip's doing the Spring Thunder with David Blanton. And, you know, we'll be on uh, Realtree 365. You can find all the original shows. Usually after every trip, we try to get most of the shows uploaded within the first two to five days. So it's a semi-live series. And um, and then we'll be available on YouTube as well if you don't have 365. But that's where you can find all of our content. I know there, there could be a couple other places we're going and then we're going to Texas at the end of April. Uh, Philip and I are. He's going to film a Spring Thunder episode, and I'll do a road trip. So needless to say, just like every spring, it's, it's jammed full of a bunch of hunts, but we're excited to get going. Thanks so much once again, Tyler, for joining us. We've had so much fun chatting with you. When we come back, it's our Tech Talk segment, and we'll be joined by ShotShell product manager Dan Compton to discuss the best ammunition for turkey hunting. It's a legacy 100 years in the making, where American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism. Technology blended with new ideas. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota. Born in 1922, made in America, proud to be the best. A century of innovation, and we're just getting warmed up. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and our technology segment, Tech Talk. Welcome back to It's Federal Season podcast. This is our Tech Talk segment. I'm so excited to be joined by Dan Compton, who is the man at Federal when it comes to talking about shot shells. Dan, welcome to the show. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, it is turkey season time and we're talking about all things turkey what are your suggestions for some do's and don'ts for loads for a turkey season i think uh especially for there's some general out there um but in in this time and you know we're in a market where the you might have a go-to load that you hunt with every year and ammunition availability we're making as much as we can but people are also they see what they they love and they buy as much as they can too so you might go to the store and that favorite load you have might not be there and so i would not be married to one you know your ultimate choice and you might have to look for choice number two or three but anything that says turkey on the box is going to be a good option you're just going to be differences and maybe the potential of the range you can shoot or you might be giving up a little bit of pellet count, but every turkey load is designed to kill turkey. So one, I would say, think of a kind of have some substitutes in mind. And two, on the other end of the spectrum is when you go hunting, you know, it's fairly low investment to get into turkey hunting, especially if you're new. You know, if you have a shotgun, you can use it, but don't just grab like the target load off the bench and take it out hunting. Cause in some States it might, it might not be legal cause your shot size might be too small, but, uh, you know, you do, turkeys are tough and you do want to hit them with a lot if you can. So going with a heavier load, something copper plated, something getting into a tungsten, that's, that's what I would recommend. So 
you know, don't be too married to a load, but don't just grab anything. Um, a lot of things will work. And typically, like I know guys who have hunted with duck hunting loads because that's what they had. And if you get the turkey within the right range, you're going to kill them, you know. But uh, just make sure you're following your regulations and you're not just that's grabbing really something good off the shelf. Yeah. So right now, TSS is all of the craze, right? Everybody's talking about it. Can you walk our listeners through what TSS is and why it is so awesome? <laughs> yeah. uh, TSS stands for Tungsten Super Shot. And there's different grades, like me- metals are, are measured by density. So, and it's called grams per cubic centimeter. So imagine one centimeter by centimeter by centimeter cube. And if you measure that, put on a scale, you're going to come up with a gram. So steel is right around 7.8. Lead is around 11. Um, and then tungsten usually can be anywhere between 10 and 18, depending on what kind of alloy they put it in. TSS is an 18 density tungsten. It's almost as close as you can get to pure tungsten coming out of the ground. Wow. What that means is it's about twice as dense as lead. So think of two things flying through the air at the same speed. If the denser one's going to hit an awful lot harder if they're the same size. So because it's got more mass, it's got like more molecules to it. And I, I'd say tennis balls and baseballs. That's kind of the best way to, to prove it. Yeah. They're both going at 80 miles an hour. The one that hits you or like, you know, if you caught it barehanded, the, the baseball's going to hurt an awful lot more. Than tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. So the kind of the beauty of it is, is it allows you to use a smaller pellet because it's going to have, because it's twice as dense as lead, take a number nine shot tungsten TSS is going to have the same amount of molecule mass as a number five shot lead. Those two going at 1100 feet per second are going to hit with the same foot pounds of energy. What that does is now you got a bunch of nine shot and you weigh that out to an ounce and three quarters versus an ounce and three quarters of lead because they're smaller, your pellet count almost triples. So now, instead of shooting at a turkey at 40 yards with number five shot lead, a good load is going to give you, you know, 100 shots in a 10-inch circle, 120, and you're looking for 15 to 18 hits in the head and neck. We've now upped that to almost 250 shots in the head and neck or in wow. that 10-inch circle and, you know, 50 or 60 in the head and neck. And it just gives you a little more effective range because now you have a denser pattern. So. Tungsten really does up the game. People have shot turkeys with lead or copper plate or lead forever, but it really, you know, um, when people ask like, well, what are you saying? Should we shoot turkeys real far away? And I'm like, that, that's not really what, a, what we're saying, but it does give you a lot of forgiveness, you know, like in the panic of the moment, or if you're doing the stock on the turkeys and you come to a field and you're, and he's, they're not finishing, you know, they're not coming as close as you are, or you're, you're, you didn't range them right. It gives you some forgiveness. Like I've told people, the very first turkey I ever shot was at 65 yards when we paced it off. Now, if you would have told me 65 yards, I wouldn't have shot at it. But I, my heart was pounding and I took the shot and it ended up, you know, so I would have tried to get closer. I would have tried to get 50 or try to wait him to come close. Now I'm a little more experienced. I know a little bit more what I'm doing. But tungsten at the time allowed me to be able to take that shot. That's great. That's that's impressive statistics when you when you're looking at it and and a confidence booster I would think as well. I yeah, mean, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So another trend that we're seeing is in the sub gauge market. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that and what Federal has to offer there? Yeah, the TSS like directly correlates to that. So you can use, you know, number 9 shot pellets in an ounce and an eighth load. You got 400 some pellets or something to choose from. Or like the best example is 410. You know, when we when we started loading TSS and 410s, hand loaders had been doing it a little bit. 
But, you know, our, even going to our dealers and meeting with them, like, you're going to sell 410 turkey loads to people. You know, they, they were, there was a lot of questions in, in ourselves, too. We had to kind of go out and prove it to ourselves. But your number, like on a, a 15, 16 ounce um, or 13, 16 ounce number nine shot 410 versus the real traditional ounce and three quarter number five shot 12 gauge has 40 more pellets in it. And I already talked about they're coming at the same energy and you have a fraction right. of the recoil. So yeah. you now, if you got bad shoulders, youth hunters, um, it or whatever, or you just want to carry a light gun and not get beat up, you're yeah. basically making a 410 as effective as a 12 gauge historically has always been. So that's really lent towards the sub gauge boom. A lot of yeah. specialized 410s, little red dots. You're like a turkey sniper, you know, when you're shooting with. <laughs> but we have seen like 20 gauge has been growing for over the past, you know, so over many years and yeah. For a long time, it was like the three and a half inch shell, bigger and more powerful, you know, and I think uh, <laughs> as I get older, you know, I've learned, I, you know, when I was younger, if they would, if I could have shot four inches, I would have shot them. And now I'm like, yeah. 20 gauge seems an awful lot better. <laughs> so <laughs> plenty of lethality and you're just not getting beat up. Yeah. Let's open the door to newcomers who, you know, shotgun kicks a lot, especially oh, with yeah. more powerful mm -hmm. loads. Um, and, uh, you know, when it comes to preparing and patterning, a, a shotgun for the shot, sometimes that's the worst part. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. You don't have the adrenaline rush going on of a bird in front of you, you know, exactly. And, and like you might, it's, a, I've, uh, or if you're sighting in a slug gun, I did that in yeah. the summer in a t-shirt and you don't realize how much a coat like can make a difference. And I was sighting a gun yeah, for a guy. Yeah. So I got it closed. So you can finish it. But yeah, patterning, yeah. it takes, uh, you know, it, it is, I mean, there's, we're always looking for ways to reduce recoil and TSS has given us a way to do that in terms of different gauge, not necessarily in the same gauge, but we right. can slow it down. You know, we can, turkey loads are around a thousand feet per second, 1100. And just that, you know, it's a heavier payload, but that lower velocity is going to be a lot easier on you too. Yeah, definitely. What advice do you have for, you know, newcomers or people who are looking to get started for patterning and, and the steps to take to do that? Yeah, we're, we're great that like anything you want to learn, you can learn on YouTube now, which is fantastic. And there's a lot of good <laughs> references out there. But like our rule of thumb is we're designing and developing. Historically, you, you shoot at 40 yards and you're shooting at a 30-inch circle. And how many pellets fit within that 30-inch circle? And the industry kind of looks at 70%. Like for a target load, that's kind of an acceptable amount. Turkey hunting is a little bit different game because you're shooting at a different, a smaller target. So you, we always look at the 10 inch circle. How many pellets are we getting in that 10 inch circle? So take your target, put it at 40 yards, and then you can experiment with different choke tubes. You know, if, as you adjust your choke tube, it's gonna adjust the constriction and the amount of pressure that it's allowing the, the load to go out. And you'll find that certain guns with certain constrictions might give you that optimal amount of pellets inside that pattern. And you want a lot of pellets in there, but you really want like an even coating. You know, like you, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're not finding a big hole, like a donut. You know, you don't want to find a donut got blowing out the pattern in the center, or you don't want to see them a bunch to the left, especially if, you know, if you're putting a red dot on or something, it gives you a way to adjust your pattern, put it all on center. So start there. And then, you know, especially if you're shooting a tungsten, it's going to be a little more expensive. So do start with like a target load, get yourself kind of lined up, and then that'll give you a feel for, you know, how far you can effectively shoot, whether your gauge. And then if you want to back that pattern target up, it will demonstrate to you like when your pattern really starts to open up and you shouldn't be shooting at anything past that because you're not going to get those, you know, 10 hits in the head and neck that we're looking at. Definitely. That's great advice. And, and as far as shot placement, 
uh, you know, combined with patterning? What do you, what do you think about that there? <clears throat> aim at, like for a turkey, you want to hit them in the head and neck. But if you just aim at the head, you're going to put an average in most of your pellets could potentially go high. So aim at the base of the neck. And that's going to really cover up, you know, the whole neck and the bird itself. And uh, in the in the heat of the moment, a lot of us want to put the bead probably right on them and, you know, shoot them, shoot them right right in the eyeballs if you can. But you're you're going to increase your chance of, you know, you got their surprising bird. If you see, you know, that neck, you're really, they can take a beating. And so yeah. you really need to break the bones in there. And that spine is really skinny, you know, going through. And so, and there's a lot of soft tissue. You might wound a turkey and it may wander off and die. But if, you know, so if you body shot a bird, it might not, it might not die where you are. It might go away and die. And then when it becomes food right. for the coyotes and we don't, we don't want that. So Really yeah. focus on that that lower neck region, right below, you know, where is uh, Schnood's hanging there. So. Definitely, great advice. Full of it today, Dan. You're just <laughs> right, giving well. us all the good stuff. <laughs> right. So, other than the perfect <clears throat> cure for cabin fever over the winter, what is the best thing? What makes turkey hunting so much fun for you? I the the part I'm at now is I have a 13 year old son who loves to do it. And so that like hunting with my son has really changed the game for hunting. For yeah. Me. Um, I could probably, you know, I, I don't say forever, but you know, <laughs> my next several years, if I don't pull the trigger and, and he does, that's fantastic. But it is, a, it's really cool. It's an easy way to take a, a new person out, you know, to the, to the woods and um, you know, fairly turkey seasons are typically long. You can usually shoot more than one in some areas where I'm at in Minnesota, we can shoot one, but our season's long. The youth season goes all year which is great. And so it gives you a chance just to get out with someone new and kind of show them the outdoors. Um, I, the suspense of it is just absolutely fantastic. And they're the smartest stupid bird ever. Um, <laughs> you'll see them wander around and sometimes they come right in or a couple years ago, I was just right behind my house and it just needed to come two more steps and clear a tree. And like, I was already cooking him, you know, in my brain and he just stopped and turned around and went the other way. There's no <laughs> way he saw me, but he's, for some reason they knew. So yeah. it's just, you know, you call a turkey and then you got to sit there and be quiet. And then you call again 15 minutes later and it gobbles and it's closer. And then you got to call again 15, 10 minutes later and it's closer and it just builds and builds and it might happen or it might not. So yeah. to me, yeah, it's just, a, it's a great way to get out. It's a great way to take people hunting. And um, it's, I don't know, just fun. Super addicting once you do it the first time. Absolutely. One of the best ways to spend your spring. Absolutely. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And when we come back, we'll look at some news and notes from Federal. Good boy. It's a season with no beginning. Or end. With bonds so strong. Not weather, or age, or thousands of miles keep us from it. Our love for it is as varied as those who are addicted to its pursuit, a connection with the outdoors, with family, and your best friend. We plan with anticipation. We prepare and wait in silence with tired legs and cold hands. We push on, all in hopes of hearing a call that shatters the calm. 
to see the approach of thundering skies and experience the instantaneous rush. For whatever your reason, this is our season. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and the News and Notes segment. Welcome back to the It's Federal Season podcast. I'm your guest host, Julie Golub. I look forward to joining you for a few more of these episodes as a guest host over the coming months. We've got an expert on personal defense that uh, I'm personally excited to chat with. I'm uh, also excited to share with you the newest ambassador to Federal. That's Olympic gold medalist Amber English. And she is going to share with us about her trip to Tokyo and what's next in her decorated career. If you are a Federal fan, make sure to check out the latest branded apparel at federalpremium.com slash merchandise slash apparel. There are some new t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts that would be wonderful gifts for Mother's and or Father's Day or for your Federal fanatic at home. Uh, There is also an opportunity to purchase a t-shirt to support the Ukrainian people that is also available. Uh, If you're planning to be in Houston to meet Team Federal at the NRA annual meetings in May, that's May 27th through 29th, uh, you want to come by and stop by the booth to talk with experts in centerfire and rifle and pistol ammunition, meet the team, all of that good stuff. Our next release of It's Federal Season podcast will be April 21st. I am personally very excited about this one. We will be having Hickok 45 on to chat guns and gear. It's going to be outstanding. You won't want to miss it. We're talking about the largest subscriber base on all of YouTube. If you don't know who he is, where have you been? You won't want to miss it. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about me, you can find out information and how to follow me on social media at juliegolub.com. If you like what you hear on this podcast, go to our ratings and reviews and give us your honest feedback. 